Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Welcome to the Kotke Ride Home for Monday, October 19th, 2020. I'm Jackson Bird. The 14-year-old Texan who may have just made an important discovery for potential COVID-19 treatments. An update on the safety and new norms surrounding air travel. Nokia is building a mobile network on the moon. And a website that's basically a more organized chat roulette, but for trying to heal the U.S.'s political divide. Here are some of the cool things from the news today. A potential lead on the search for a cure to COVID-19 may have been discovered by a 14-year-old girl from Texas. Anika Chibrolu from Frisco, Texas, recently won the 3M Young Scientist Challenge for discovering a molecule that can selectively bind to the SARS-CoV-2 spike protein. And that binding could prevent the virus from entering the host cell and would prove extraordinarily useful in drugs that could treat or cure COVID-19. Quoting Vice, Anika used in-silico methodology, methods and experiments that make use of computers, to screen millions of small molecules. She originally planned for her project to focus on the influenza virus, but pivoted once COVID-19 hit and she realized the severity of the pandemic. End quote. While a number of treatments have proved effective in certain cases, currently no specific treatment for COVID-19 has been developed. On top of that, there are over 170 candidate vaccines in development being tracked around the world by the WHO, but it's not anticipated any will be ready for a safe mass rollout until next year at the earliest. As Anika told CNN, quote, My effort to find a lead compound to bind to the spike protein of the SARS-CoV-2 virus this summer may appear to be a drop in the ocean, but still adds to all these efforts. How I develop this molecule further with the help of virologists and drug development specialists will determine the success of these efforts, end quote. Whether her findings prove instrumental in the discovery of an effective treatment or not, this is dang impressive for someone who was only in eighth grade when she submitted her research. Continuing on the coronavirus front for just one more segment, as we approach the holidays, I know even folks who have been as vigilant as possible for the past seven months might be starting to weigh the risks of getting on a plane to go see family this winter. And as a few studies have pointed out, the actual airplane part of your trip itself is 
probably safe, all things considered. The most recent study that came out was conducted by the U.S. Department of Defense, and I want to say some previous ones were funded by the airlines themselves, so you may want to take the findings with a grain of salt considering that bias, but the science mostly adds up, at least to a layperson like myself. The latest study found that the risk of transmission on a Boeing 767 or 777 is, quote, very low, and if you wear a mask, quote, virtually non-existent. They found that if only one person is infected, it would take 54 hours on the flight for other passengers to get an infectious dose of the virus. And, you know, the longest flight in the world is currently 18 hours, so those odds sound pretty good. But that's assuming no one moves around the cabin and that there's really just one infected person. So in reality, your results may vary. This study was conducted over eight days in different cabins on Boeing 767s and 777s, quoting Business Insider. Mannequins with and without face masks sat throughout the aircraft during both ground and in-flight tests. Fluorescent aerosol tracer particles were released at two-second intervals to simulate an infected passenger breathing. More than 40 sensors throughout the aircraft measured the particle concentration over time. This was repeated 300 times. The particles were rapidly diluted by the high air exchange rates on board and high efficiency air filtration systems, the researchers found. On average, the tracer particles remained detectable within the cabin for less than six minutes. In a typical American home, this figure would be around 90 minutes, researchers said, end quote. While this is reassuring in some ways, it's not foolproof. The study noted that military families who travel on those types of aircrafts and are required to take precautions before travel, wear masks, and quarantine afterwards still arrive testing positive sometimes, though it's uncertain if they caught the virus on the plane or somewhere else. And that is a key element that I would emphasize. Apart from the randomness you can never predict on board with so many other humans around, there's getting to the airport. There's hanging around inside the airport. You might have a layover. There are so many other elements of a trip beyond the plane to be concerned about. And to zoom out just a bit, Lifehacker recently checked in with The Points Guy, aka Brian Kelly, about how air travel has changed since the start of the pandemic and what the current landscape looks like. Kelly is the founder and CEO of the website The Points Guy, which started as a personal blog but is now a fully staffed website with over 10 million monthly readers, providing folks with the best tips and tricks for optimizing things like travel rewards programs, credit card points, and other aspects of luxury travel. Though now, Lifehacker notes, they've pivoted to mostly researching and providing advice on safe travel. One piece of good news is that Kelly and his team, in collaboration with travel booking site Hopper, have found that airline fares are 25% lower on average than last year. Though you may not see that reflected in your ticket, especially as airline companies get a better handle on balancing supply and demand in this new normal, even if you don't find a super cheap ticket, however, all U.S. airlines currently offer free changes on domestic trips something Kelly notes he never thought he'd see. And I agree, it's mind-blowing to see those fees taken away. But it's also one of the biggest things that airlines can do to get people booking travel right now. So maybe book that cheap fare, and then if it gets closer to the trip and you no longer feel like it's safe to travel, you can just change it. 
Usually you won't get a cash refund, just a voucher to change to another flight in the future, and you'd still have to pay the difference for the higher fare, but it's still way better than it used to be. And as for safety precautions that individual airlines are taking, this is where a site like the Points Guy can really come in handy, because not all of them are enacting or enforcing precautions in the same ways. For example, all airlines have improved filtration and require masks, and most are now boarding back to front. But only Delta, Southwest, JetBlue, and Alaska Airlines are blocking out middle seats, at least through the end of the year. Others, like American, are not. It's worth checking out some of those small differences to find an airline that matches your level of precaution. And a tip from me, do some Googling on how they're enforcing their rules. You know, check news headlines and social media to see how they handle it when someone breaks the rules, because some of them seem to be a bit more hardline than others. Kelly says in his experience this year, people are a bit kinder and more civil to one another. But Traveler has some advice in their Ethical Traveler column for the times when that's not the case. For example, if you get on a plane and your seatmate isn't wearing a mask, even though it's required by the airline, what do you do? An anonymous flight attendant who spoke to Traveler advised smiling with your eyes and pointing to your own mask. Assume the best in this person, as if they simply forgot in the stress and distractions of the boarding process to put their mask back on. But if multiple nonverbal gestures, maybe a kind word, don't do anything, call over a flight attendant who can provide them with a mask if for some reason they don't have one, and who will have the final say in kicking them off the flight for refusing to wear one. Flight attendants are protected by their unions and trained for this kind of confrontation as much as it may suck for them. But for you, confronting a fellow passenger for that first interaction or perhaps calling over a flight attendant and feeling like you're tattling on them may not be something you ordinarily want to do. Traveler has this parting advice for you if you're worried about feeling like a snitch. Quote, I'd sooner get off the plane myself and catch the next flight than tell someone what to do. But we're in a crisis. There's a social contract and we must take care of each other. By asking your plane seatmate to wear a mask, you're looking out for their safety as well as yours. End quote. Nokia has been chosen to establish the first cellular network on the moon. A step towards long-term habitation on the moon as part of NASA's Artemis program, Humans aren't set to return to the moon until 2024, but Nokia will set up the broadband communications system in late 2022. Quoting Reuters, It will partner with a Texas-based private spacecraft design company, Intuitive Machines, to deliver the equipment to the moon on their lunar lander. The network will configure itself and establish a 4G LTE communications system on the moon, Nokia said, though the aim would be to eventually switch to 5G. The network will give astronauts voice and video communications capabilities and allow telemetry and biometric data exchange, as well as the deployment and remote control of lunar rovers and other robotic devices, according to the company. End quote. The equipment will have to be designed to be able to withstand launch and landing, not to mention operating in space, and will have to be super compact in terms of size and power to meet the constraints of space payloads. And this whole story reminds me of a conversation that I had on a virtual panel over the weekend. We were discussing some of the tech being explored for the first lunar base and how 3D printing is likely to play a strong role because you can only pack so much to take over to the moon with those strict payloads. 
And one of my fellow panelists remarked, you know, sometimes I just think about what someone like William Shakespeare would think if he were dropped in the middle of 2020. You know, some things like the pandemic might seem pretty familiar to him, but then he'd hear something like, oh, we'll just 3D print it on the moon. And, well, okay, his first question would probably be, what is 3D? But still, you know, sometimes you've just got to take a step back and recognize how wild and awe-inspiring a lot of our scientific advances are these days. It is quite a time to be alive. Ending today with one of the more cleverly named projects I've heard of in a while, PartyLine is a web-based voice chat that matches Americans with anonymous strangers on opposite sides of the political divide. You fill out a few questions, like how you would feel if either presidential candidate won the election, and to what extent you think the U.S. government needs major structural change, and then you get matched with someone who had at least one of the same answers as you, but otherwise answered differently. That way, even though you may disagree on some very important issues and may come from vastly different backgrounds and different parts of the country, you at least have one commonality to get your conversation started, which is exactly what PartyLine recommends. Start by talking about what you agree on. I've heard of a number of apps and initiatives like this over the years trying to match people who disagree with one another, and while I know that we all need to talk with each other to try to unite... I'm always a bit skeptical of things like this. You know, it's one thing to disagree on a few points of policy, but quite another if you get matched up with someone who fundamentally disagrees on your own civil rights. Being just a phone call, though, and not an in-person meeting, like that Heineken commercial that tricked strangers a few years back, does make it more reassuring, because, you know, you could just hang up if you get uncomfortable. And PartyLine notes that the only information the other person gets about you is your age and state. They won't know your name, and it's all conducted through the site or app over Wi-Fi, so they won't have your number. If you're intrigued by the idea of hopefully productive conversations happening across an ideological divide, but aren't ready to dive in yourself yet, I recommend checking out Dylan Marin's podcast, Conversations with People Who Hate Me. It started as a show where he would literally have conversations with people who had said disparaging things about him online. Dylan is an actor and performer who has had quite a few widespread hits over the years, like an unboxing series for intangible concepts like racism and intersectionality. He also had a series editing popular movies down to just the words spoken by people of color, and he co-starred in the popular fiction podcast Welcome to Night Vale. So, he's attracted a lot of targeted hate over the years, as any public person on the internet does. But over time, he shifted the podcast, Conversations with People Who Hate Me, from being about him to matching two people who disagreed on something with each other. It might have been another public figure speaking with someone who left hate comments about them, or two people who got into a fight on Facebook or who supported different candidates in the presidential primary. It can be pretty amazing to hear where the conversation goes and the kinds of common ground that they are able to find. I highly recommend it, though I will say the show is on hiatus now as Dylan focuses on another show he started where comedians perform extravagant speeches to congratulate people for accomplishing small tasks during lockdown, like putting on real pants or doing the dishes. But there are plenty of back episodes of Conversations with People Who Hate Me to check out, even if they aren't brand new. And if you want to have your own conversation with someone who would maybe hate you, check out Party Line. 
Links to both in the show notes. That's it for today. As always, this show was produced by Ride Home Media and Cocky.org. I am Jackson Bird, and I'm going to go wallow about how the most I accomplished in eighth grade was training myself to raise one eyebrow at a time. I hope you have a good rest of your day. I will talk to you again tomorrow.